right, good to see everyone tonight, those who are going to be with us on Facebook Live and YouTube in a week or so, and then the audio platforms. We welcome everyone that listens. We're getting more and more people to listen, more and more comments, uh, more and more questions, for which I encourage greatly. We're going to continue on Effortless Living. This is number 22. And what I want to share tonight, I believe, is vitally important. It is prayer in relationship to effortless living. But I want us to specifically see one major thing tonight, and that is you do not create who you already are. You do not create who you already are. When we define words like life and immortality, that is including and saying who we have always been from before the foundation. And you've probably been in bookstores or you've heard people say, well, we can create wealth. You ever heard that? We can create health and we can create wealth. No, we don't create health. We don't create wealth. Jesus, who was poor, rich, became poor that we might be made rich. That's both spiritually and naturally. He's given us all things already that pertain to life, natural life and godliness, spiritual life. And not only do we have those things, it's who we be. It is who we are. So you do not create, but we are. We do not create what we already are. Because we are our default state. Now, I'm going to go slow tonight because this is a message that I think is one of the most important messages that we can hear. And that is, again, we do not create who we are. I've said over the years, you cannot sit in a chair that you're already seated in. You cannot enter a room that you're already in. What I want us to begin with tonight is Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Again, for emphasis, you cannot create who you already are. You can become more aware of who you already are. And that begins to lift the veils from your heart awareness more and more. And therefore, you can experience more and more as the veils and the folds are lifted. You can subjectively experience more and more who you are, but you cannot create who you are. However, here's what we create. You ready for this? What we create is death, disease, and lack. You create that. And I'm going to give you scriptures. I'm, I'm going to, I always try to back it up. You know, with the scripture. So if you look in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, and that's right after the book of Daniel. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. I'm just going to read part of that verse. And it'll be enough to, to get you to understand what I'm saying. Hosea 4, 6. My people, father's people, are what? Destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, synonym... Of knowledge here is acknowledgement. So we don't create health and wealth. We don't create those things that we already are. We acknowledge that we are those things. If we do not acknowledge that we are those things, we're creating death, disease, lack, or whatever it is. So it's important for us to understand who we be and who we've always been from before the foundation. Another one I want us to look at together is Isaiah 45 and verse 7. Now, remember, our heart awareness is what? A projector. And when the veils have been lifted fold by fold, and I think there's still some folds that we're lifting in our heart awareness as to who we are and have always been, then it projects. Our heart awareness will project that like the ground pushes out the seed and it becomes the stalk and the, the ear and the fruit and so forth. And Jesus likened our heart awareness to the ground. You can liken your heart awareness to a womb when a woman's been pregnant for nine months or so. 
that womb will go into labor and project outwardly what has been forming within her. You can take also, for example, a sculptor. They have in their divine imagination that image that they want to see eventually. And so what do they do but go about and chip away all of the excess that would cause this not to look, that would cause it not to look like the image that they have in their divine imagination. They're removing something. By what? By acknowledging, by seeing the image yes. of what they want yes. to create. So for us to acknowledge that which is already true about us and has always been true about us, we are effortlessly removing what we're not. Amen. You hear that? To acknowledge, as we read in Hosea 4, 6, who we have always been, not just know it, that's part of it, acknowledge it, we're chipping away at who we are not. If we do not acknowledge who we have always been, I am health and I am wealth and he is all in all as you and I, then what we're doing is creating something, yes, but death, lack, insufficiency. So you never create health or wealth. Now, that's hot off the griddle. Now, years ago, I posted, there's nothing out of order in the kingdom of God. How could anything be out of order in the kingdom of God? Nothing is out of order in the kingdom of God, and you be the kingdom, and I be the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, joy, health, wealth, and all things that he is as us. You find Isaiah 45? Isaiah 45. And verse 7. Now, you will readily agree tonight that our creator, Father God, is king. And we are kings. Small g. He is Lord, capital L. Creator is. And we are lords. Now, let me show you in this verse in Isaiah 45 what I have been saying all night tonight, even in repeating myself. Look what it says here. I form, that's King, capital K. I form the light. Now listen. And create, that's King's, little K. This is an antithesis, meaning he created the light, we invert it. We corrupt it in our awareness. Right? And we create what? What does it say? Darkness. You are the light. We found that out a couple weeks ago. You are the salt. But in our awareness, we can invert that into ignorance and darkness. We do that. Okay? And then it goes on, I make peace. He is peace. And he made us peace. Our creator. Capital L, Lord. And create. That's lowercase L, Lord. Evil. Or bad. And then it says, I, the Lord, do all these things. Whether it is the Lord that has created the good, the light, the peace, or whether it's the Lord, small l, that creates the darkness and the ignorance and the evil. Still Lord. And it's still the Lord that you and I are one with and have never been separate from. We've always been one with him. Now, What that means, then, is that Father God formed a light, but in our unenlightenment, or in our unconsciousness, we inverted it into the darkness. Now, can you understand what I've been saying so far, the last 10, 15 minutes here? (coughs) When I have said, we don't create health, or light, or finances, or anything But by not acknowledging, Hosea 4, 6, by not acknowledging who we are, that we are health and we are wealth and he is all in all as all, if we don't acknowledge that, what are we creating? We're creating the darkness, as it says here. The death. The decay. So he made peace, but in our lower carnal thinking, we created the evil. And see, we be lords where our right side is concerned, our Christ mind, and we be lords, lowercase, where our left side is concerned. Mm-hmm. 
As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whether he draws from his Christ mind or whether he's drawing from the left side of intellect, reason, logic, senses, emotions, you are Lord of your life. Hello. We are Lord of our life. See? No matter what side we draw from. Now, the scripture says in 1 Timothy... I think it's 16.6 or 6.16 maybe. In the classical Amplified, it says, you and I are exempt from every kind of death. Okay? And then 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the classic Amplified says, we are sanctified, and you know I've coined a couple words, we are spiritified, and we are deified, the classic Amplified says, through and through, spirit, soul, and body. In other words, I am spirit through and through. There's no death involved. And if there's any death ever involved, I've created it. That's yep. it. Amen. Can you hear that tonight? Oh, absolutely. Now, as I said years ago, and I just ran across this post. You know how you get the little reminders. I ran across this post that I wrote years ago. I believe this for years, that there is nothing that is out of order in the kingdom of God. So that means there's nothing out of order where we're concerned. Nothing is out of order in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is health, it's wealth, it's, it's all things as us. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says this. Abstain or shrink back, or abhor from all, not just a few, all appearance of evil. See, what we do when we create, by not acknowledging who we be, we create this, this death and decay and this lack, we do that by setting up an appearance. It's not really, death is not real, it's an illusion. Decay and lack is an illusion. It's not real as God calls it real. It, why do I say that? It has no true substance. The only thing that has true substance is what God created. So it has no true substance. And Jesus said it this way, and Isaiah said the same thing. Judge not, goes along with what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain, shrink back, abhor, all appearance of evil. And then Jesus and Isaiah said, judge not by the seeing of the eye or the hearing of the ear. Because that is merely the appearance wrong. So therefore, as we acknowledge that, that nothing whatsoever is out of order in the kingdom of God, what we're saying is nothing has to be fixed. Well, I know a bunch of people that look like they need to be fixed. Or they need a fix or something. I don't know. <laughs> right? No one needs to be fixed when you can see through appearances and realizing they are health and they are wealth and he is all in all as all y'all. He is all. But what we do is we look at people, we look at situations, and we judge, like Paul said not to in 1 Thessalonians 5.22. We judge it by appearances. And then we create and give power to something that has absolutely no stinking power whatsoever. None of that has any power. Because God is not the creator of sin, sickness, death. Now, yes, we can learn some things in spite of it. I understand that. I've learned a lot of things through some things I've suffered, and so have you. But when we create death and lack and disease and whatever it is in that appearance realm, what we're doing by not acknowledging who we are, we are creating that which we are not and have never been. Confusion. So therefore, as we acknowledge that nothing is out of order and that nothing needs to be fixed, then we begin to subjectively walk in who we have always been. Listen, let me say it this way. And this was from one of my posts years ago as well. You don't have a problem to solve. You have a realization to maintain. You don't have a problem to solve. Oh, it may appear, oh, I got all these problems. 
No, they're not real problems. They're problems according to your perception. You don't have a problem to solve. What you have is what you need to have is a realization of who you truly are. Now, Jesus said, we're doing the Sermon on the Mount, and and we're going to do more on this, but Jesus said in Matthew 6.10, when the disciples came and said, teach us how to pray, one of the things he said in his prayer was, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it already is in heaven, in your Christ mind. Now, you know, let me just throw this in. This won't cost you any extra. People are looking for this cataclysmic event in the future for heaven to invade earth. Honey, it ain't going to happen like that. Heaven will invade earth in our lives individually and corporately as we yield intellect, reason, and logic. You've got to yield earth. When we yield earth, then heaven will invade earth here. Like, for example, where it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We found out that what that means, and Jesus showed that perfectly by not doing anything but what he saw the Father do, or saying anything but what he heard the Father say. What happened then? The kingdom of God was at his disposal, or heaven came to earth. And then the one, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What is meek? It means gentle and strength under power. When you would have a right, at least in your thinking, to tell someone off or even to preach someone that's not doing exactly the way you think they ought to do, you're not being meek. Mm -hmm. But when you are meek and led of spirit, then what happens? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit, they're inheriting their earth at that time, or in other words, heaven has come to earth. Isn't that good? Yes, it is. So people are looking for, you know, heaven to invade. It's going to be a cataclysmic event. It's not an event. It's happening in a people right now. Yes. Now, I've heard many, many people say on Facebook and in person that heaven is a place that we're going to go to one day. You are heaven. Heaven is in you. Heaven is the Christ mind. Heaven is the spiritual realm. That's heaven. It's not a place. Someone says, what happens when people die? Well, people say, well, they went to be with the Lord. Honey, they already with the Lord. But they go into another dimension of that experience of the Lord. Absolutely. You know, but people will say, you know, uh, someone dies. Oh, they're in a better place. Are they? Are they? Well, if that was their hope, then maybe. But you know what? Heaven is not our hope, some physical heaven. Christ in you is the hope. It's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. So once we once we yield earth, as I explained, once we yield intellect, reason, logic, senses, and emotions to spirit within us, that is when heaven is invading earth. And that's how, listen, this is how Jesus told the disciples to pray. Pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in. Everybody quotes it on earth. No, it's in, in the King James. It's in earth, in this earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. They'll have control over their earth, their emotions and their senses and their intellect and all of that. When they have learned how to be gentle and they've learned how to be led of the spirit. Now, the fact that Jesus told the disciples here how to pray tells us, listen, nothing's going to fall on us without our participation. Then it'll be effortless. When we participate and we live out of spirit, live out of Christ's mind, live out of heaven, yield earth to heaven, then we'll subjectively be walking with heaven and earth, and I could say it this way, masculine and feminine right. joined together exactly. into one subjectively. Yes. Amen. Bam, what a now, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, we see what is called the prayer armor that is explained. 
And many people over the years have said, well, this prayer armor is defensive armor. You've got to put on your armor and fight. Well, I can read in Isaiah where it says to beat our what? Swords into plowshares and steady war no more. Right. That's not just talking literal in a literal sense. That's an allegory for us resting and realizing and acknowledging Amen. rather than fighting. Amen. Rather than fighting. Now, in verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6, let me just read this, then we'll go through the prayer armor because I want to connect what it says in verse 12 with each of these pieces of prayer armor. It says there, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Not fighting against people. You're not fighting with uh, carnal thinking. Flesh and blood also represents carnal thinking. You're not fighting against people. But, that's a conjunction joining two thoughts together. But again, but now listen carefully so you don't miss this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against, it sounds like you don't fight against flesh and blood, but you fight against these things. That's not saying that either but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Now listen, get this, in high places. That's here. Yes. That's here. Yes. That's in your heart awareness. Yes. So we don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't fight against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, because, listen, we understand there's only one power, and those things appear as a power and a principality and appear as wickedness, but they have no true substance and they have no power whatsoever. They only have power here in the heart awareness because we have given it a power. So, therefore... Therefore, these principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness is only something that has been conjured up. Most people would say the mind. I say in the heart awareness because we've listened to the external rather than listened to the internal of the Christ mind. So therefore, every piece of armor has to do with this. Mm -hmm. Heart awareness. Every piece of armor. And resting rather than fighting. For example... The loins gird about with the truth in verse 14. What do loins speak of? Reproduction and projection. The woman conceives a seed. There's reproduction going on, germination, reproduction. And then nine months or so later projects out. What she was carrying within is then projected out. So the loins, that which will reproduce within us, is the heart awareness. It's the projector. So this has to do with our awareness. It has to do with our awareness. It has to do with our heart awareness in order for us to rest rather than fight. We rest in the energy of the spirit rather than fight in the energy of the flesh. Then there's, in verse 14, the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the breastplate covers both sides, the left and the right. So what does that say? That's saying we're now joining, bringing our Christ mind to our feminine principle, our heart awareness, joining the two into one, because the breastplate covers both sides, the left and the right. Every bit of this armor has to do with joining masculine and feminine. has to do with our heart awareness has to do with rest. It's not has nothing to do with fighting something. Then it says the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Gospel of what? Peace. So in other words, as we join masculine and feminine, then what happens? We walk in peace where we're no longer fighting or giving things a power that have no stinking power whatsoever. Then in verse 16, it talks about the shield of faith. Now, the faith of the Son of God is activated again as what? As the feminine and the masculine are joined together. As that subjective marriage or joining takes place, then we move just from the faith, we move into knowing. See, and it's not our faith anyhow. It, it, when, when we begin to move by faith, we're trusting in the faith of the Son of God in us. Right. His faith, not our faith, yeah. you see. 
And then that brings us into knowing where we know that we know that we know. Nobody can talk me out of it. I am health. I am wealth. He is all in all as all. And so I'm no longer then creating this death and this decay and this lack. I'm not creating that. Remember, that's all you create. You don't create what you already are. (laughs) You are health and you are wealth. Notice the next one, verse 17. The helmet of salvation, and of course, that's easy. That's our Christ mind activated in our heart awareness. Again, it's the joining as the result of us what? Yielding intellect, reason, logic, senses, and emotions. And then in verse 17, it talks about the sword of the spirit. Now notice the sword of the spirit. Remember, we beat our swords into plowshares and study war no more in Isaiah. So the sword of the spirit is what? It is the word of God conceived and quickened in our heart awareness. It's that conception taking place. It's the light bulb moment, whatever you want to call it. It's when revelation is quickened within you, you see, and it's quickened by the Holy Spirit. And notice it is the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit is the word conceived and quickened in our virgin consciousness. You can call the feminine principle, the virgin consciousness, the womb, the ground, call it what you will, but it's all saying the same thing. We beat our plows. We beat anything that appears as a weapon fleshly weapon, we beat it into plowshares and we study war no more. That's interesting, right? And then Ephesians 6.18 goes on to say, praying always with all prayer in the spirit. And again, anything that's not done in the spirit is not going to be organic and natural. No, It's not going to be organic and natural. Now, I've given you some Old Testament scriptures about acknowledgement And the one in Isaiah 45 and verse 7 about we create the darkness, the creator created the light, we invert it, and we, lords, lowercase l, we create the darkness or we create the lack of peace and so forth. So let me give you a scripture in Philemon in verse 6. And this will back up what I said when I said my people are destroyed for lack of acknowledgement. Let me give you a New Testament scripture to couple together with that Hosea 4, 6. And also with the Isaiah 45, 7, which he creates the light, king, and then kings, lowercase k, creates the darkness, turns it into darkness. Where? In our heart awareness. In our heart awareness. So what are we creating then? We are creating what we're not. (laughs) See? We're creating what the truth of the knowledge of good and evil resembles rather than what the tree of life speaks to us of, which is Christ. So all of the prayer armor, as I said, is offensive. It's not defensive. What does it mean offensive? When it doesn't mean that you wait until you wait until a problem arises and then I'm gonna put on all this armor. Offensive is you walk in it. And then when a temptation arises or a situation arises in the appearance room, you're ready. You're ready for it. You don't have to say, oh, I need to go into prayer and meditation and contemplation now because I got this, you know, diagnosis or whatever has happened. Or I couldn't pay my bills this week. You stay in it. Offensive means you stay in it. And then when something arises, you know you have victory already. Now, Philemon verse 6, look what it says. That the communication of thy faith, which is the faith of the Son of God, may become effectual. In other words, it's going to work. (laughs) Subjectively, it's going to work in your life. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging, back to Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of acknowledgement, by the acknowledging of every good thing, which is what the kingdom is. Everything about the kingdom is good. Nothing needs fixed in the kingdom of God. Nothing is out of order. Then it goes on to say, the acknowledgement or the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you as you. See, because Ephesians 1, 3 states that we are blessed with all spiritual blessing. That's the kingdom. 
We've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's the kingdom. He is all in all y'all. So you lack nothing. You are one in him. You've never been separate from him. But religion has told us that we were separate from him. And that's where the fall. See, we were not in Adam. But now listen, we didn't have to be. When we embraced religion, we did the same thing Adam did. We were never in Adam. I mean, why would God make us to suffer the consequences of what someone else did? That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like a loving father. But because we embrace religiosity or the system of religion, that is when we lost our, not identity, we always were who we were, but we lost the heart awareness. And we begin to draw from the left side and what religion told us from the left side. So, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, I've already quoted it. It states there, His divine power hath. Is that tomorrow? Is, or has that already happened? So it already happened. He hath given us. When we were in Father in pure spirit form, we had everything. And, and I've had people say, Well, why in the heck did he bring us here to suffer on this hellhole of an earth? He wanted you to experience what he hath given you from before the foundation. He wanted you to enjoy that and experience that and walk it out in shoe leather and experience it subjectively. And we will, as we acknowledge that that's who we've always been, then subjectively we're going to walk in it. We're not going to create the darkness and the death and the sickness and the lack and all of that crap. Sorry. Christian rules and principles. Anyhow. That's what crap means. That's the acronym of, of crap anyhow. So, so I didn't say anything bad. Christian rules and principles. Now, again, Second Peter said, Second Peter said, as his divine power hath, past tense, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, natural life and spirit. Now listen, got another acknowledgement for you. Through the knowledge or acknowledgement, which is a cinnamon, What did I say? Cinnamon? (laughs) Synonym. A synonym of knowledge. Acknowledgement. Through the knowledge, we experience these things through the acknowledgement of him that has called us unto glory and virtue. So we have all things. Therefore, we don't have to ask. In fact, if you study that word ask out in the Greek, you'll find it's not talking about asking for stuff. It's asking for understanding, which we already have, but asking for it to be revealed. Now, I understand when you're baby Christians, you ask daddy for all kind of stuff. And guess what? You usually get it. You usually get it. But there comes a time when that happens less and less because he wants us to learn to draw out of our own well and to realize, oh, I already have this. Uh, Not only do I have it, I am this. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first, and I say seek only, the kingdom of God, which is all things of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and his, not ours, his righteousness, and all these things, now here's what the Greek says, and all these things will automatically, that's what the Greek says, automatically be given or unfolded from within you. See, and and what we are doing when we rest and realize we are joining the masculine and the feminine together. And as 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 states, you know, you've read this, and I know a lot of people have questioned me over the years where it's talking about a husband and wife. And and I, I know you can apply it there literally. A husband and wife, a wife should come together, but then they should separate themselves so their prayers not be hindered. Means they shouldn't have sex. So their prayers aren't hindered. And I know you can apply that there. But what it's talking about there is simply our masculine and our feminine must come together in this prayer. And as we join the masculine and the feminine together, what happens is we become the prayer. We become the prayer. And we walk in this armor that has to do with what is in our heart awareness. So, folks, you don't have a problem to solve. You have something to acknowledge. Amen. Amen. See, what does, what does Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 say about faith? 
It says, now faith is. Now, you can't use the now for that because the now is what was previously said in the, in the previous chapter. But where I get this eternal realm is faith is. The isness of the Father. I is health. I is wealth personified. And so is you. Now, in Jeremiah, I'm not going to turn there and read this. I'm going to quote this. In Jeremiah 18, the first six verses, it says there in verse 1 that we arise and we go down to the potter's house. How do we arise and go down to the potter's house? Because the potter's house means to form a resolution. We arise in our consciousness by putting on or slipping into the mind of Christ as we slip into a garment. We arise, you see, into the Christ mind and we go down to the potter's house and we see there that a resolution has already been formed. And it's to acknowledge who we are and who we have always been. Through our acknowledgement, as we read in Peter, we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through our acknowledgement of that and how we have always had that. So when it comes from within us, and we know that this is what we're about here, we've had, we've had enough days of temporary fruit to manifest, on, right? Yeah. But we're about seeing fruit that remains. Yes. Our Father declared in Isaiah the end from the beginning. What does that mean? It means I can collapse time. And I can see myself in the dimension of being health and wealth and all these things as in the beginning. As what I had in spirit in beginning before I even incarnated here. He declared the end from the beginning. He's already declared that over us, folks. So therefore, we can collapse the time in between the end and the beginning or the beginning and the end, and we can see that our end is exactly the way it was in our beginning when we were in Father in pure spirit form. And to collapse time is to realize, to realize, to see the end from the the beginning, to collapse time is to realize and to acknowledge, I am this. I am that. I am health. I am wealth. This is more than positive thinking. This is not mind over matter of positive thinking. This is consciousness, Christ's mind being seeded into our heart awareness, it being conceived there and quickened there and then projected out into the screen of our life and subjectively we walk in who we have always been. Now, you know, mind of a matter of positive thinking can help a person tell them they're going to die in six months, and it can help if they're positive, but they're probably eventually going to die. But when I get engaged and involved with the Christ mind, if I have a diagnosis of three days or whatever, like I did at one time, if I can bring that mind of Christ to my heart aware, my feminine principle, my womb, the ground, and sow that seed in there, then I can live and not die and declare the works of the Lord because I am life. I am life. Now let me give you a few examples. The three Hebrew boys were thrown into a fiery furnace. Think about you being thrown into a fiery furnace heated up seven times hotter than ever before. Their hair wasn't singed. Clothes didn't burn. No smell of smoke upon their body. And here's what they did. They acknowledge the end from the beginning. And because they acknowledge the end from the beginning, a fourth man appeared as them. Yeah. A fourth man appeared as them. And that's why they're, they were protected. They realized we are safety. We are protection. We're divine protection. And as they acknowledge who they already were, they did not create death. And being burned up. And lack. And decay. They didn't create that. They simply acknowledged what was true of them. Paul and Silas, listen to this. They were chained up in the worst part of the prison. And they had the courage, listen, to sing hymns and praises. Unto the Lord within them. Now, worship simply means to seek and ascertain truth. To get to the root of it. The etymology of it. Praise means to be able to repeat it. 
hymns, if you study the word hymns and the etymology of hymns, which they sang, they sang praises and hymns, it's related to a celebration of a joining of a man and a woman. So there they were acknowledging. I mean, they were bound up and tied up and in all kind of hellish situations there, and they had the audacity to, to sing praises and hymns. They were acknowledging who they were. And I've said this many times. They were free before they were free. Before the earthquake came, those guys knew they were free because they knew who they were and they acknowledged who they were. And then, of course, we have Jesus. He always turned within, only doing what he saw the Father do and saying what he heard the Father say. In other words, he always brought his earth part to his heaven part in yielding. And as he did, as he did, there was the success of his ministry. Now, let's go to one more scripture. Luke 11, verses 5 and 8. Maybe there'll be another one, but I think that's the last one. Luke chapter chapter 11, verses 5 and 8. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 and 8. And this is really the key to all that I've been saying so far tonight. You acknowledge, and you don't create health or wealth. You just automatically experience it because you're acknowledging who you be, that you are health, you are wealth, you are all in the kingdom of God. Nothing is broken. Nothing has to be fixed. But if you start drawing from the left side in the way it looks, judging by the sight, the hearing of the ear, then you create the darkness. You create something that you ain't. Excuse my English. Luke 11. Look look what it says here. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because, listen, of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Now, the word importunity means consistent. you got to be consistent with this. You know, and it gets to the place. Listen, this is not hard, folks. We've made it hard. Religion has made it hard. It's easy. And listen, the more we do it and the more consistent we are, the easier it becomes when a temptation arises or something, the easier it is to to just breeze through that. Because you have the offensive, not defensive, offensive armor on before a problem or situation in appearance realm problem arises. So in other words, we must be consistent in our acknowledgement of what? And who we already are. Now, in verse 9 of this same chapter here in Luke, it goes on and it says that we're to ask and seek and knock in verse 9. And as I've already stated, to ask for for people that are more mature. Yes, babies ask daddy for this and that. And like I said, they get it for the most part. But ask for mature Christians is asking for the wisdom to flow, for the understanding, not stuff. It means to question. It's A-I-T-E-I-R-O, aterial. It means to ask questions, to ask about information rather than stuff, you see. And when we ask and continue, when we have a little maturity under our belt, and we continue to ask the Father for stuff, that's being double-minded and we receive nothing from the Lord, as James says. Because we've come to a place where the asking has turned into acknowledgement of who we already be. Now, you don't have to go here, but in Matthew 16, 19, it says, whatsoever, and I know we use this scripture to bind and loosen, you know, fight the devil and all this sort of a thing. Whatsoever thou shalt bind, and that means tie together. Whatsoever things you tie together on earth shall be bound, Amplified says, already in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall already be loosed in heaven. So what is this talking about? 
what this verse is actually conveying to us is that heaven and earth are already objectively one, but as we acknowledge what is true of us, then we're tying heaven and earth together, binding heaven and earth together, loosing all of those things into our subjective experience. Right. And it's also showing that objectively we already have all things because it says in the Amplified, as it already is in heaven. Heaven where? In us, in heaven, in the heavenly realm, we have all things. Now, let me give you, in closing, some definitions of the word acknowledgement and also creating. Listen to create in the Hebrew, then I'll give you the Greek. It means to bring something into existence. Well, if I'm health, do I have to bring health into existence? If I am wealth, do I have to bring money into existence? No. It means, create means to cause something to happen as a result of someone's actions. Oh, I got to work at this and make sure I get this health thing and I get this manifestation of wealth. No. I told someone the other day, they said, I need a house. I said, you are the house. (laughs) (laughs) You are the house. (laughs) You know, if anyone here needs a house, just realize you are the house. You're the temple. You're the house of God. Know that you are it. Okay? Another meaning is to bring, listen, into existence something new. Create in the Hebrew. To bring into existence something new. Like I don't have health, so I need to bring it into existence as a new thing in my life. And it means to invent something. You know, that one scripture in Ecclesiastes 7.29 that says we were brought here upright, but we came up with a lot of inventions. <laughs> a lot of schemes, a lot of religious inventions. See, But we have all, and we are all, and we simply acknowledge what we already is. We don't have to bring something new into existence. So, so we are health personified, wealth personified, all things of the kingdom personified. Therefore, to create something else would have to be to create lack. Or death. Or decay. It's to create something that we ain't. That we're not. If we think that i got to create health and wealth. So to acknowledge what is truth about who we are brings forth those things that we may have an apparent, apparent, you heard me, lack of. So what do we do? We acknowledge that where Father is concerned, where the kingdom is concerned, we are all those things, and we lack nothing. And as we acknowledge that, then we're going to see the man. What does it say in Mark what, 2.24? When you pray, believe that you have, and you'll have. The first part of that, believe that you have, is objectively. I am, and I have all things. And then I'm going to have subjectively. We see a lot of that in the scriptures. The objective truth and then the subjective reality or manifestation. Now, in the Greek, the meaning of the word create, K-R-E-A-T in the Greek, is the act of founding, establishing, building. He established us from before time. So bend time, collapse time, and see that he declared the end from the beginning, that your end is the same as your beginning, right? Right? So when we fail to acknowledge what already is the truth, we go about to try to not establish, not create something, but to realize something. And let me say this in closing. And and I like to do a teaching uh, of some of the tabernacle pieces of furniture and I know we've talked a lot in the past on the tabernacle, but I see a new see them in a new light. Do you know the rod of Aaron budded overnight, effortlessly? And do you know that you have rods in your pineal? That once we tap into that single eye or the pineal and begin to live out of that, 
You talk about budding, manifestly. You talk about those rods in your head being ignited, being joined. You talk about effortless manifestation. It's ours, folks. It belongs to us. We don't have to be, you know, I, I heard this joke the other day. In fact, I wrote it down. I thought it was kind of funny. Who was the, who was the best businesswoman in the Bible? Pharaoh's daughter, because she went down to the Nile and, and, and withdrew a little profit. <laughs> so go down to the Nile on the inside of you and withdraw that profit that's already there. Because you are profited with all things. Health and wealth. And you have no lack whatsoever. So in closing, we do not create health or wealth. I don't know how many books I've seen on the bookshelf, you know, on the bookstore. How to create wealth. (laughs) You don't create wealth. You be. He who was rich became poor that we might be made rich. That's both spiritually and in every area of our life. We're exempt from every kind of death. We have it all. We lack nothing. You are filthy rich, both spiritually and financially, whether it's manifested in the tangible realm or not. Remember this. You are spirit slowed down to physicality. And you're just as spirit in your body as you are in your spirit. You're still spirit. It may be a little lower level of spirit, but you're still spirit through and through, according to the classic Amplified of 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So you are spirit. And in spirit, there can be no need Maybe some apparent need. Yes, I understand that. I have some. But we have no, nothing needs to be fixed in us. We just need to acknowledge who we've always been. And remember, you don't create those things of the kingdom. The thing you create by not acknowledging is the death, the decay, the lack. Father, we thank you who you are. Thank you for your love, your grace. Thank you that you have caused us to be spirit through and through. You made us health, you made us wealth, and we were always that. We forgot it. But thank God there's a people today that are beginning to remember. And thank you for the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus that exposed the lies of religiosity and his resurrection that revealed and continues to reveal the truth to each and every one of us. May these words be deeply conceived and quickened within our womb. Let them become so real that no one can talk us out of them, that we will know that we know that we know that we are health, that we are well, that we are all, and that we'll acknowledge that and not create any lack or death or decay whatsoever. We thank you, we bless you, and we honor you. In the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.